It's time for the show that scours the globe for news that interests you. We've scoured a few other planets, too. Didn't find much. Coming to you almost live from their command center just beneath the Earth's crust. Here's Jeremy Bray and Wesley Faulkner with Global Geek News. Welcome to the Global Geek News Podcast, the show that tries to answer the question, just what the heck is going on in the media, entertainment, and technology worlds. I am your host, Jeremy Bray, better known as PC Nerd 37 to most of you, and on the other end of Skype is my co-host, Wesley Faulkner. How's it going, Wesley? Hey, howdy. Welcome to August. Yeah, it's a very wet August around here. We've had, or just in the past week, not just since August started, but it's been very... We've gotten a ton of rain around here, including tonight. It's been uh, one storm after another. It's quite the opposite here. Yesterday, we had our first triple-digit day in temperatures. Well, we've had quite a few of those, too. But how was it? Um, I guess it was probably Thursday or Friday. It just poured from, like, 8 o'clock at night until close to 6 o'clock the next morning, it just poured. I don't know how many inches we got, but I, I'm guessing it was probably like at least 3 inches of rain. Wow, that's good sleeping weather, though. You know, I didn't get that good of sleep, because whenever it rains like that, I have to bring the dog in, and, I, and I'm always just nervous bringing the dog in and leaving him in my room, so I don't tend to sleep too well when that happens. Ooh. Does your dog attack you in your sleep? No, he's just... I don't know. He's not. We, as far as we know, he's not necessarily housebroken. He seems to do a pretty good job, but just in case. Oh, I, I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I like to make sure that he goes out if he needs to. But with all the storms and stuff, he's in here with me again tonight. Or, well, I'll let him out after the after we get done with the show. But he's in here for the show. Awesome. So we have a third co-host. Great. Yeah. Hopefully he'll stay nice and quiet. But anyway, we have a full show today, or full compared as far as what it is now, not what it used to be. Uh, I forgot to mention last week that there is no more tips of the week in the show. I am now I've now taken those, made them their own kind of blog post, meant to release them on. They're supposed to be released on Fridays. That, I forgot on Friday, so it ended up getting put up this morning. But with that being its own blog post now, I don't feel limited to so many story or so many helpful links. So now there's a whole big bunch of tips for the week listed at globalgeeknews.com. Everything from, I think there's like a $200 Linux PC to, um, geez, what else did I have on there? Fixing an iTunes iPhone syncing area or syncing error, the minus 39 error, um, building a custom phone car mount for under $10, sending audio tweets, comparing two folders to find out what the differences are in the files of the folders, all kinds of different stuff. Make sure to check that out at globalgeeknews.com. Speaking of which, that's where you will also find all of our show notes for 
this show and every other show is at globalgeeknews.com. So make sure to check that out if you want to follow along with the stories, maybe catch some details so that we don't have time to catch and what have you. So that said, I think we're ready to jump into our first post starting or our first news story starting with the pirate party is ramping up to invade Swedish politics. Yeah, these swashbucklers are actually trying to make a serious go at it. They uh, started in 2006 uh, with their first go-around, or their first attempt, and uh, they use that as a giant learning experience, and they are trying to really rally a uh, grassroots effort to, to to make some serious runs at some seats. Yeah, I think it was last year, shortly after the Pirate Bay trial, that they ended up getting, I think it was two seats in the European Parliament? Yeah, because I think two, and uh, I think they also grabbed another seat somewhere else at the same time. I'm not sure if it was Germany. Yeah, I want to say it was Germany. I'm almost positive that it was. Maybe one of our listeners can correct us on that. But, yeah, they're gaining momentum to start going again for this election, which, is, of course, is going to take place like a week before the Pirate Bay retrial. So I'm sure they're going to be using whatever bit of publicity from that they can to propel themselves to get a couple more seats in the election. Right. And, and I'm just wondering if their um, formal run uh, is going to actually, actually galvanize their user base, um, or will they be seen as uh, less of a... Uh, less of a underdog and maybe that could hurt them in which they might lose some support. Um, it'd be good to see, um, how this race was, is run. Um, one else, also another addition is that, um, apparently their platform is mostly on not just, uh, making piracy legal as in, uh, sharing of, of works for non-commercial purposes, um, but just general tracking and privacy concerns around the web uh, a lot of what people can and, and, and can't uh, do to enforce laws or to restrict people from expressing their own beliefs over the web. Yeah, I, I've long been a supporter of the Pirate Party. We don't have a Pirate Party officially here in Colorado. I'm kind of hoping that we get one. That would probably be the only way I would probably consider registering to vote is if we actually did manage to get a pirate party here because I've never bothered to register to vote or anything like that. But that might just get me interested enough. But yeah, I'm kind of hoping they make some major progress because it seems like just over the past, oh, I don't know, couple years, the EU has gone from very pro-piracy, I mean, not piracy privacy to now they're getting to the point where their where privacy is not as big a deal kind of like it here where it's like piracy or privacy is quickly eroding yeah it's one of those natural contractions just like the economy up and down um, there's protectionism and then there's globalization and then back and forth um, same with uh, overreaching government and um, and then small government. There's always a battle between those two. Um, 
and I think we've, we, we cross that back and forth more often than people realize. Yeah, I'd like to see something happen here because being having a case like it is apparently in Sweden where copyright abuse, whether it's just letting your friends copy a CD or something that you have, that can apparently carry a two-year jail sentence. And that seems to be a bit crazy, and I think they realize that, and that's part of why they're fighting against this stuff. Yeah, uh, I think that was something that really um, helped them last year, is the jail sentences of the founders of the Pirate Bay, or the members uh, of the Pirate Bay, because it was stupid for them to actually serve jail time instead of getting a fine. Um, but I, th- I think that's some of the things that they're going to probably uh, use to their advantage this go around, especially what you're saying that the trial is about to happen. Yeah, the, ret- the retrial is supposed to happen like a week later or something like that. And so there should be lots of um, pro-pirate party support around the same time. But yeah, I'm kind of curious to see what's going to come out of the whole retrial because last time they ended up with a sentence of a year in jail and I think it's over a million dollar fine for each person I believe so I'm kind of curious to see what happens this time around yeah uh, it's probably going to be just as interesting if not more So, yeah, and I didn't um, stick it in the show notes there was another interesting story I saw today around um, Radiohead and with their album that they released, what was that, a year or two ago, where it was strictly, here's the album, you pay us for whatever you think it's worth. Yes. Well, well, apparently now the RIAA is coming out and sending out um, copyright violation warnings to people who are out there downloading the album or songs from the album, which kind of surprised me, but apparently... That um, whole pay whatever you want was only only lasted for like six months or something like that. Then Radiohead went and did did deals with um, Sony and somebody else for doing um, distribution of like CDs and stuff as to where they ended up giving um, the rights and stuff back over as to where the RIAA could actually start going after people again. My gosh, that sucks. Oh man, that's we were talking about people who have a, a free model and move to the paid. That's 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 the extreme right there of now, uh, like trying to put people in jail for doing something that was free and now is illegal. Yeah, I I was really surprised by it. I as soon as I saw the headline, it's like the RAA is going after. People that downloaded the free Radiohead album? I don't understand this. So I clicked, opened up the story, and found out that Radiohead had done deals with Sony and whoever, and that this where the RIAA ended up getting the rights to pursue copyright violators again. So now it's kind of like, okay, every stand that they've taken against the RIAA and everything, and they've, they've even form some anti-RIAA group because they think the RIAA is so bad. 
yet now the RAAA is going and trying to protect their music or whatever you want to, whatever term you want to use. Yeah, I think I read some articles how they viewed that release as a failure because they made so much little money. Um, but I think on average they made about the same amount, if not more, um, when you talk about all the cuts and of the uh, the fees that they avoided and uh, and then still owning the music technically um, for further re- redistribution. So um, I think they maybe wanted to cash out a little bit more uh, more of the money up front instead of uh, getting residuals about sales later on. Yeah, the story that I read said that the album in that um, trial period or whatever, or I don't remember if it was in the trial period or overall, has made more money than all of their other albums combined. Mm-hmm. So For them, probably, but not gross. We're talking net. Yeah, I'm not... I, that part wasn't real clear. It sounds like it was probably for them. Yeah, yeah, it's probably net. Makes sense. But anyway, speaking of statistics, apparently the Android may now be the largest smartphone platform in the U.S. Yes, um, this is an article coming from, um, sorry, an, an analysis coming from Kellis. Uh, uh, um, hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, but keep in mind that these numbers are Q2 numbers. So within quarter two, um, Android has surpassed even uh, Apple's iPhone as the number one smartphone in the United States. Um, but this is just one quarter sales, so we're not talking about in aggregate of the lifespan of uh, the whole entire product, uh, who's number one. But this is just for the first uh, second quarter. Yeah, and apparently the iPhone 4 wasn't out in this time period, so that doesn't count the millions of iPhone 4 units sold. Yeah, and there's a great anticipation, so there's a very lack of, I mean, there's a shortage of lack lacks of, uh, there weren't that many people purchasing 3GSs because of the anticipation of the iPhone 4. Yeah, so I'm kind of curious to know, I'd like to wait another quarter and see just how legitimate these numbers are. I mean, to say that they had more sales than RIM, that's definitely saying something, but yeah. I'm kind of curious to see what the comparison is between themselves and the iPhone. Yeah. And funny enough, I really think that this trend is going to continue, especially moving into the holiday season, well, back-to-school season, and then holiday season. Uh, throughout the rest of the year, the trend is going to just going to skyrocket um, by the end of the year. Um, back-to-school, um, with the, the ranges of with the range of phones and needs, I, I think that um, we might actually see some some entry level Android phones, um, resistive screens. You know, um, instead of uh, uh, instead of the the, the other multi touch screens, um, and I think that that will be more of a, a featured phone, and I think those would sell a little bit better, a la Ken. I would say probably still full data. Uh, Data packs, or uh, sorry, data um, data plans that go with it. Um, maybe some reduced data plans if they if the carrier reduces or modifies the Android OS so that there's no marketplace apps or or can limit the applications that are installed on it. 
Um, and I think that flexibility is going to be very, very attractive to a lot of carriers here in the U.S. Yeah, speaking of which, I'm very close to re-releasing my Master Memo Android app. I've got one more possible bug that I have to look into, and once that's done, it should be at least ready to go out to testers and then ready to be released shortly after that. But I'm kind of curious to see what kind of a place Android's going to have in the tablet market space now after, what is it, within the next month or whatever, Kmart is supposed to be having a $150 Android-based tablet. I'm yeah, curious to see how that's going to work out. Well, they were taking rain checks on those already, right? Um, right. Um, I, I'm thinking that those devices are actually crap devices. The first Android tablet, I guess for mass adoption anyway, um, I don't even know if you can call it mass adoption. I would say mainstream for a major manufacturer would be the Dell Streak. Um, rumor has it that it should be released you know, in the next couple, couple weeks or so. Uh, we had the, the, the Arcos 5 internet tablet that's been out for a while, um, but that that's, was barely a blip on the radar. Some people who are even aware of what Android is, um, but the 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 Dell Streak is probably going to have more visibility, more marketing power, uh, and be the first first mainstream Android tam- tablet. So that's that, I think that's going to be the bellwether to see whether or not um, they can get a good stranglehold on the tablet market, too. Yeah, speaking of tablets, did you see the um, video of the UI that's floating around for one of the Windows 7 tablets? No. Uh, the only tablet I've seen for Windows 7 is the Windows 7 embedded tablet. Um, but I haven't seen anything about the uh, an actual um, commercial deployment of a full Windows 7 tablet. Yeah, let me see if I can find it there I guess it was probably oh maybe Friday this came out or no yesterday maybe that it's a UI centric tablet or uh, interface for a Windows 7 tablet that's supposed to be that the company that's making it it says it's going to be on tablets by the end of the year and it looks like something that could easily go head-to-head with the iPad and probably even win. Well, Bomber did make that assertion saying that they will, uh, they're recommitting themselves to the tablet market. Yeah, um, this UI is codenamed McCullen from a company called UI-centric. Interesting. Well, I can tell you right now, Microsoft should be buying that company. Yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. This is this would be the right way to do a Windows tablet, not the way that like the HP slate was shown off at CES, where it was basically a full Windows Seven on a tablet device with just a nice touchscreen. Hmm. But yeah, this is some really impressive stuff. You'll definitely have to check it out. Yeah. Yeah, send the link over when you can. Uh, yeah. I've got it here somewhere. Yeah, it's got the video and everything. It's on the next web. Let's see. I'll shoot that over to you in Skype. There you go. And I'll try and remember to stick that in the show notes as well. 
But, yeah, it looks really impressive. Yeah, I'll check that out after the show. Um, do you want to move on to Windows Phone 7 since we kind of talked about tablets? Yeah, there seems to be get uh, a lot of noise on your mic, more so than usual. It's like it's scraping up against something. Okay, hold on, let me readjust, sorry. Oh, no problem. Better? Yes, much better okay. now. Sorry about that. Oh, that's all right. Um, Windows Phone 7 is supposed to reach the U.S. in November, Europe first in October. I was kind of, I'm kind of surprised by that, but apparently that's not unusual for Windows. Funny, because that's we were just talking about the Dell streak, and that's what Dell did. They launched in the U.K. first before they, and they haven't even launched in the U.S. yet. Um, I wonder if uh, they are more accepting of of uh, of new tech, or 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 it could be that the carriers are easy to work with, or that they don't have to work with carriers as much because of they buy the device and then they add service as opposed to um, buying subsidized handsets here in the United States. So um, maybe it's their way of gauging adoption and tweaking it um, for the big. Pl- the, the big stage, which would, might be the United States. Yeah, it could be. I'm kind of curious to know why this is as well. Apparently this has been the history with Windows Mobile all along that Europe would always get the phones first and then we would get them a short time afterwards. So I, I'm kind of curious to know why that is. Maybe if I, if I remember, I'm trying to think of who I know on the Windows um, phone area that I might be able to find out an actual answer on this from. Todd Bricks, that's who I know. I'll see if I can shoot him an email this week and see if I can get an actual answer on that. But yeah, it, it seems like they've always... It seems like Europe seems to always get the better phones first or whatever. Or It just seems like they have better phones in general with a lot of... Or at least in the past, with a lot of the higher-end Nokia devices and stuff like that. It seems like they're just far more interested in these more powerful devices than a lot of people in the U.S. are, or at least are first. Yeah. Well, it's because if you look at any commercial um, any commercial here in the United States, when they talk about a phone, they usually talk about the service. And that's the star of the commercial. Even if it's a, a you see a phone, they're saying, look what this phone can do on this network. Um, I think because over there, they probably have a better understanding of what the phone can do as a phone.